Tetra was the first site that we introduced the infinite adjust system on the front end. With previous sites, we had what we call a hopscotch or plug and play type of scope housing, where you had to bolt the scope housing to the frame to find the correct location. The Tetra changed that with the infinite adjust system. So now, when you sight in your 20 yard mark, you can really fine tune by sliding the whole scope housing up and down in this channel system. That's probably one of the biggest features to the Tetra. Another key feature of the Tetra is Ninja Star yardage wheel. Getting a better hold on the yardage wheel, especially when you're hunting and you have heavier gloves on. The Tetra does have 100 yard capabilities with the yardage tape and that's to the yard. A couple other key features of the Tetra is you get both third and second axis for even more precision. But one of the key features as far as looks goes is we've updated the front end or the housing of the Tetra. So now you have a brighter, larger uh, scope ring which helps with peep alignment as well as a built-in scope level which is just more secure. The Tetra is available in a fixed frame bracket with, with three different mounting locations as well as a dovetail or tournament edition uh, so you can adjust the distance that the scope housing is away from your bow and the Tetra is also available in three different scope housing sizes. You get an inch and five eighths, an inch and three quarter, as well as a new four pin multiple pin head. All the heads are interchangeable. All the Tetras are compatible with any of our accessories. For more information, you can visit our website at www.hhasports.com. Hello, we're at the BATA show at uh, Veteran Innovative Products, uh, an all-American made and manufactured broadhead. So we've got a new one for 2020 called the Combat Veteran 4-Blade. As you can see, 4-Blades got a lot of the same high-quality materials we use with our original 2-Blade Veteran, but the Combat Veteran has a different deployment system. How it deploys is you just squeeze a little bit on your main blades, okay, those compress, and then the broadhead opens. It still has our momentum management compressible blade technology. So the cutting diameter is inch and a quarter by two inches on this when deployed. Uh, in flight, it's one inch by inch and a quarter. Another feature we added this year with these heads uh, is that you can exchange the bone breaching field point tip with a 125 grain setup if you would like. So swap the tip out, get you 125 grains instead of 100, which is big with those Western hunters. And then it's really simple to lock back in place, roll those blades up, and then it's a click and another click on the other side. It's completely set in, will not prematurely deploy, will not rattle free, solid containment, 100% deployment every time. So we've made a lot of good adjustments and refinements to it to make sure that it's guaranteed to deploy every single time. So that's what's new for VIP this year. All right, folks, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Bucks America podcast, cooking edition here. And I got Jeremy Salter on the podcast and we, we were joking before we, before I we recorded about this, but we're, we're going to talk about cooking up Rocky Mountain oysters, but using hog balls. So I'm going to let uh, Jeremy here take over and let him talk about how, how it's the thing of the South. Hey, man. Hey, that's that and chitlins, brother. It's, um, it's a little bit of, we eat everything in a hog where I'm from, from the, that's the old, my, I think my dad always said from the, from the snout through the pooper or something, we eat it all out of a daggone hog. Um, yeah, man, if that's a lot of people, you, everybody goes to a mountain oyster roast every once in a while. You know, the Elks Lodge has them, different places have them. Um, yeah. 
the guy killed that dog this year with me. And he's like, hey, you want the nuts out of it? Jokingly, you know, and he's like, no, nah, I think I passed. But no, a lot of people down south where I'm from, man, they, they eat them up. I've seen them cleaned and I've seen them cooked and I've ate them. I'm, um, you know, I'm not much on eating nuts, but um, <laughs> I just had to throw that out there. Put those balls in your mouth. <laughs> Put those balls in your mouth and like it. But anyway, no, I mean, if, if you ever, people like to try, man, you just you clean them good, get the casing off of them. You know, you slice them thin, get the grease hot, season them in what you like to season them and fry them up. That's the way we do it. Um, chitlins is a whole different story, man. That's uh that's the intestines, and you got to clean them really, really good. And that's the thing you can steam them or deep fat fry them. It's that, that cooking nuts is pretty simple, man. <laughs> so what's so when you fry them up, like is does it turn into like a chip? Do they turn chewy? Uh, it depends on how thick, yeah, it depends on how thick you how thick you're going. Obviously, you want to come thin enough you can get them cooked in a sufficient amount of time. But um, yeah, we I, we've always just floured them up. The ones I've aged been floured. Uh, with whatever seasoning and then flour them up from 300 350 whatever and uh and then when they get out salt and pepper them yeah that's the way we've ate them and it ain't uh, you're not gonna starve to death if you got to eat them i mean they are they they're not bad but it's nothing i want to eat every day <laughs> yeah i bet so now are they kind of like do they have a distinct flavor to them or is it you oh, basically yeah. <laughs> okay oh, yeah. yeah you'll know exactly what you're eating when you put the balls in your mouth <laughs> you just wanted to say that, didn't you? <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> so, what does it taste like? Is it is it is it earthy flavor? Oh, is strong, it yeah, yeah, strong? Um, you know, you are eating the nuts, so yeah. they're yeah, and they taste different from 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 cow to hog to turkey nuts. We have they have a big turkey nut feed at the Elks Lodge. It, yeah, all the nuts taste a little different. Ah, it makes sense, yeah, because like I've always had the, the beef ones, and that's that's always pretty much however right. you mix them together with your batter, and just kind of gets become yeah. flavor with that. So it's a very oh, oh for no. sure. I mean, they're not bad. You know, most of the time when you hear people eating them, it's it's some kind of a uh, wild game feed. You know, that's mm -hmm. how it usually works. We used to have a big party and have a big wild game feed years ago, and somebody would always bring mountain oysters, pin you know whatever kind, cow or hog, but. There was always mountain oysters there, so I've seen them, ate them, you know. And it's just if you're not if you're a non-wasteful guy on animal, I mean, if you know something you want to try, it's not really hard, you know. Mm -hmm. Get them out, get the casing off, wash them really, really good, split them. You know, you watch meat eater. Oh, Steve, man, he eats everything out of everything he kills. So, yeah, it's just something different as you can try. You got a, you got your kids and y'all kill a hog, and you want to try something different? Well, fry them nuts up. Yeah, you know, it's like you, there's no there's no sense of not trying them because it's like, well, if you do see you try them, you know if you like them or don't like them. Right, right. And then you can say you've tried it, you don't like them. So next time you know you ain't got to waste your time messing with them. But yeah, you know, it's all it's all in preparation and how you how you prep them. Mm -hmm. yeah, it depends on what kind of flavors you like, man. If you like strong earthy flavors, then you'll be right up your alley for sure. That is very true. It's kind of like eating deer tongue. It's like I like eating deer tongue, but not everybody does. And it's like I think it's right. like depending on how you cook, grill them up, and season them. It's like I've had some that taste like sirloin. I've turned with some that taste just like uh, gristle. Right. And that was funny that you said that. Me and uh, Josette were just talking about beef tongue. Um, I, I said I really want to try one. You know, if I can get past getting it cleaned and uh, which it ain't a big deal for me, but get it cleaned and tried. I know a lot of people say it's really, really good. I mean, it's I, very tender. I ain't trying anything, man. I 
yeah, I'll try at least once to just say I tried it. You should try. I have a, I have a buddy of mine. I have a, the episode called Deer Tongue, and he actually took some and, and pickled some, and it's actually really good. Oh, nice. It is yeah, very I'm, surprisingly delicious. Wife cool. wasn't a fan I'm, of it, I'm but I enjoyed it. Start saving all the tongues out of the deer. Yeah, I, I oh shit, I didn't even keep this year's this doe tongue that I shot this year. I I um I had a couple of them given to me when I was down in Iowa last year to help them butcher because they never butchered before. I I it's like they were they were good enough bucks, so it's like I'd cut open the jawline, pull the tongues right out, and people are like, "What are you doing?" It's like these are delicious. It's like it all comes down to how you cook them. Yeah, that was, for sure. That's what anything, man. How you how you prep it and how you cook it for sure, man. I hate uh yeah the cooking deals are. There's there's a lot of things on the animal that people don't eat that's really edible. Some of it's really good and some of it tastes like shit. But yeah, you know if you're if you're starving, you you know it's you know they're there. Right, right. Yeah, I'm not gonna starve. I mean, if I have to have to eat the nuts, I'll eat the nuts. I ain't starving. Well, I was last night. I was watching an episode of Life Below Zero, and one of the guys was was making a pike ice cream. And basically, what he did is he boiled pike, pulled all the bones out of it. And then he then he rinsed off, and then when he when he when he, and pull all the bones out of it, as you pull all the bones, and you kind of shred it. Then you squeeze it as hard as you can to remove all of the excess water out of it. Then you take he took salmon eggs and blueberries, or yeah, blueberries, mixed yeah, them all together. Good, yeah, and the, and the kids, he has to, uh, he has his son and daughter on there, and they both really enjoy it. It's like that sounds extremely interesting. Yeah, I, I would try that for sure. That sounds yeah. really good. I'm, yeah, we, I like pickled pike, so I mean. That would be uh, that'd be right up my alley. I'd try that for sure. Yeah, no kidding. That recipe. <laughs> yeah, no, well, it's like you the, when they're on there. It's like it's like you. It's you're talking Alaska, so it's like it's basically you just put everything together. And that's it. You just mix it all right, together. Right. And right, it's right. like that sounds really interesting because it's like I have salmon eggs, I have pike, I just don't have any. Like I can always go ahead and go and grab some blackberries or blueberries and stuff like that and mix it all together and create it to see what it takes. Because like I'm intrigued by it. Oh, for sure. I tried it. Yeah, I'd have to try at least once for sure. Yeah, no kid just to say it's like I've had pike ice cream and people are looking like what what are you talking about? It's like you explain yeah, right. to them, but it's like but the, the salmon eggs is like we I went um fishing this year over in Kiwani, Wisconsin there, and we went and did some uh lake salmon fish and we had we only caught two out of a uh, 14 hour day because we were dealing with like 16 foot swells. But then once we right. got back into the, that um that muddy water, that gray water, it's like that's where we were kick, catching them. And we had probably a dozen on, but you're talking a bunch of inexperienced salmon fisher. But boy, it's fun. And uh, we we kept, I kept the eggs. Heck yeah, the eggs are good. I've had the eggs before. Yeah, it's like I was, I was only keep a small amount of it. And then I was going to give it to, because one of the guys actually uses them and goes out fish, ice fishing with them. But it, he's mm -hmm. been ignoring my text messages. Like, I have no idea what's going on with the guy. All right. Yeah, we we uh, and I cut it short. We went to Lake Erie this year. Me and Josette and a bunch of other guys. I think it was eighteen of us over at Lake Erie. And you're talking about the walleye capital of the world, man. We just killed the walleye. Limited out every day. Everybody limited out every day. It was back to the boat ramp by noon. That's awesome. That's a fantastic yeah. trip. I saw those pictures from the summer. It's like you guys look like you had blast. Yeah, it's just crazy. The walleye fishery there is just them guys are doing a really that they're doing a really really good job with the walleye fishery fishery there for sure that is a plus man so well thank you for discussing some uh southern rocky mountain oysters with some <laughs> hot nuts no problem, and, yeah so thank you for coming on the podcast again it's always you a great it, time man. to talk anytime, to you anytime yep have a good night thanks you for having well. me yep. yeah thank you sir you got it buddy